Hello and hi, welcome to another Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks and my guest today is director Rick Dugdale, who is responsible for the absolutely compelling and fascinating sci-fi thriller Zero Contact, which will be out from Lionsgate Films on May 27th. And I'm recommending people go check it out. Hello, Rick. Welcome. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Nice to uh, nice to talk to you today. <laughs> uh, you have a new fan. Uh, this film is quirky and just intriguing in the way how the so many layers build up to what's going on. I'm going to have to watch it again to just see what I missed because I know I missed a couple of things with all the the gadgetry and just fantastic fantastic special effects going on in there where where did you find this movie you know this it was interesting i mean we when the pandemic struck and we're all trying to figure out like what's even possible and and whether you're on set with covid doctors and nurses or you got closed borders you got quarantines we said my god there's got to be a better way to make a movie you know than dealing with all of that and so (laughs) we conceptualized this idea and there was a couple of things. Part of the early formula was it couldn't be about COVID. It couldn't be a horror movie. It should be international. And we're not going to use Zoom as the camera lens. And uh, that was kind of the start of it. And then we came up with a story that took about 10 days for Cam to write a script. And we looked at it and said, this, this is actually doable. And we started putting it together with the cast and uh, got an amazing cast and convinced everybody how we were intending to shoot it. Yeah, the the details, the behind the scenes details that are are being displayed over the end credits. I I found myself I'm like, can I have like 10 more minutes of credits so I can see more <laughs> stuff because that was that was to me as as someone who is a fan of how films are made, how people portray uh, technology beyond what we are supposedly capable of in these days, that just fascinates me. Absolutely fascinates me. Mm-hmm. And watching all of these groups of people separated by thousands of miles with little tiny cameras and technical people going, no, move it over this way a little bit more. was <laughs> right. was just that that's candy for me. <laughs> you know, part of it was was how do you create production value? for a film, you know, let's say for the masses to enjoy with the limited resources of this Zoom screen, right? And so we came at it from every color had to be selected accordingly. Every, uh, every you know, if you read carefully in the UI, there's certain codes in there mm-hmm. and those numbers have meaning. Oh. And the, the ASMR that we did with the sound engineers, which is very highly sophisticated, but you'll hear that pop, 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 pop. And you don't think much of it, but Matt, if we knew what the internet sounded like in your brain, maybe that's it, right? And that was what we were trying to, to create. The Wi-Fi connection sound was coming through on screen. So the music cues, you know, the music cues in the making of, if you see it, we talk about it's got nine beats and then two beats in the music cue. So if you listen carefully to the sound composition, that nine and two represents possibly the time machine that Finley Hart's character is building, right? So every pixel, every music sound cue was critical to increase production value because of the lack 
of resources we had to make the film. And I was, I thought myself mildly annoyed that I didn't get more background on Finley's project, how important it was to him, how important he thought it was that it go forward, and why the, shall we say, opposing forces didn't want it to, to, to come to the fore. And then I found out that there's two sequels in the mix. I'm like, oh, I might get an answer there later, so I will be less annoyed for now. <laughs> right, right. And <clears throat> is it true you guys have already started shooting the second one? We have. So part two and three were block shooting around the world. So we thought, you know, why not go from one extreme to the other? And that is uh, shoot around the world remotely, followed by shooting around the world for real. So we began filming in Antarctica. And we're continuing around to places like Jordan and Egypt and Micronesia and all over the world, uh, taking an audience on a ride, we hope. And uh, they'll be coming out some point next year, probably. So was this conceptualized as a trilogy from the outset? Not, not certainly from the outset, but during production, we realized that, that uh, all things start with a good story. And we had a good story. And we had... When you get into science fiction or time travel, the reality is there's endless possibilities to create a franchise, really, you know. And so this is something that while we were shooting and we could see the performances and see it working, uh, that's when we started to kick around this idea twofold. One is, well, if this pandemic keeps going, at least we can shoot another movie this way. And two, if this pandemic ever ends, we're never going to shoot the movie this way. So it's got to be a story that you can continue outside of a computer screen. So we started, I think we had a draft of part two while we were in post-production and uh, I started putting together and came up with three right away. And this is all world building. This is all a universe. This is something, you know, we're going to be debuting a, a podcast later in the fall. That will be layers and layers and layers of Easter eggs and clues that will bring you back to the first film. And, you know, we, we hope we can look back at zero contact as the origin, the birth of, uh, of the universe with this. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I have to ask, uh, are most of our characters returning back, uh, especially Trevor? <laughs> well, they're, they're all have become friends of ours. So they would kill me if we didn't do that. <laughs> Uh, now they're making a real film. So, so yes, you, you, we can disclose that you will see the majority of characters. And, and again, it's like in an Easter egg world, you know, you have characters of like Phil, who is a great actor played by Adrian Holmes. You're going to see a world where, where he enters the picture and you're going to get backstories on these people and where the heart enterprise, heart, heart enterprise is the origin of that. And, a major uh, character that will be introduced as well. So it's a whole whole world that you're going to see that is, you know, in the vein of Indiana Jones meets Inception. You oh, know, wow. An adventure with sophistication is where we're going to take it. And that's why we're going to these places for real. That's a bold statement. And I hope you yes. surpass yeah. it because, I, <laughs> like I said, I love this story. I love this story. And... Uh, I can't, I can't wait to see more of it. And I, for me personally, I hope that there are extras and 
creator commentary tracks on the Blu-ray that that extend for hours because that's <laughs> you know that's like I said that's candy for me. But for you, when this was all coming together, when you started production, what did you see as what would be the most fun for you and the, the most challenging? You know, I think that the most fun part leading up to it was at least we can all do something creative. You know, the film industry, we're, we are all creatives, you know. And so if you're asked to sit on your hands for, I think, at the time, a two week pandemic, you know, already two weeks in, we were getting antsy to do something. And so being able to be creative and to innovate and then and then to see this goal of making a real film you know, a great one, hopefully, but just executing a film in this fashion was a goal that that we were aiming to achieve. And so to see that come to fruition and to see people buy in and light up with the performances, and then you see like Alex's performance and, and Chris's performance when we were shooting that, like there was a, a night, because we were doing shooting through the night all over the world, you would see a performance that would bring tears to our eyes over Zoom. And then you would go, oh my God, I, I think this is working. They actually were delivering and giving a performance over Zoom that would make you emotional. And that was a real case study of the human psyche. It was, it was fascinating to see that. And, and I think that took the fun to a whole other level that we were actually doing something that we could conclude a goal we set out to do it was it was really uh it was exciting to make a film like this based on how far apart everything was and how i guess literally globally distributed everything was were there any uh challenges or or hiccups for post-production for literally putting everything together you know that's a, a great question because Going into this, you know, we we work globally and we have a post-production company and a visual effects company. So we had that in-house. I've posted the last seven or eight films of mine in Sweden. Uh, we have a great editor and a post-supervisor, Hakan Carlson, you know, famous for editing the Millennium series, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And mm -hmm. he's done all of our movies. And so they also weren't working. And they also were like, well, hey, let's come up with something. So I knew that if we could you know, do post-production remotely as well, really well, meaning how do you do a sound mix remotely? You kind of need to be in the room, but we we had a level of trust, Hawken and I, and we had worked together before. So it was kind of, um, you know, easy for us to do that. But going into it, workflow was a discussion. And that is how do you get these actors who really don't have a technical know-how that the footage that you're recording in 4K, how do you get the footage to Sweden to the editor? But normally you'd have a DIT guy on set and he would be dumping to hard drives. We'd be uploading, you know, high speed internet and or shipping drives to Sweden. That wasn't an option really. And we also couldn't ship because we didn't want to take the time. Plus they didn't know how to duplicate drives. That was a level of complexity. So we had a guide how to upload to the FTP server. An FTP server, if you don't know, is, you know, a highly, it's Dropbox on steroids basically. Mm -hmm. And so they would upload to the FTP once they were done. It would go to Sweden. We'd wake up and they would confirm almost like a remote DIT, confirm that we got it and we don't have to shoot it again. And then that's how, that's how we would actually um, 
continue the film because, sorry, complete the film because then the editor would know that it's finalized. And we, you know, that was the biggest issue though. Is, and there were issues where we didn't think we had to, we got it and we had to reshoot. Unfortunately, through a technical remote, remote into the hard drive, we could figure out that it, we actually had it. But that and the Wi-Fi connection was the hardest, hardest option, hardest <laughs> issue, I should say. Are there any, uh, shall we say, uh, emerging technologies that could help you in the sequels that you're aware of? Yeah, so, you know, we are emerging technologies. I mean, being that they're kind of conventional, we, we have new issues though, right? Because we're traveling around the world. It's, it's James Bond, except a little less budget, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, you're traveling, like going to Antarctica, for example. The biggest issue there is, you would normally travel with batteries, like lots of batteries for the giant film cameras, but you couldn't travel the batteries without, you know, because they're lithium batteries. We had to pre-ship, and then every actor from the on the flight in not every every filmmaker from Punta Arenas to the ice had to carry on batteries for the camera department. You know, so that will be issues we'll face all around the world as well. And then if you film on Easter Island, how do you get the hard drives? When we go to Bolivia, because there's no high-speed internet in Easter Island that could <clears throat> send the high files to Sweden, so then we have to ship. So there'll be different issues, basically, that we'll solve, and that's what makes producing movies exciting. There's always logistics issues. You just got to figure it out. Well, I am recommending this film to as many people as I can. I can't wait to see the sequel since I've, I've just been – mind blown ever since finding out oh there's two more coming cool but rick thank you for this film and your time today oh thanks so much for having me thanks for checking out the film looking forward for you to see the sequels as well and hopefully we can do another conversation oh looking forward to that the movie is zero contact out may 27th from lionsgate films go check it out and we will be back with more slice of sci-fi right after this. Escape Pod is your destination for the best in modern short science fiction. Our intrepid crew of editors and hosts will bring you fun, thought-provoking, in-flight entertainment every week as the pod careens around the multiverse. In the mood for a classic, we've got Anson Mount, also known as Captain Christopher Pike, reading Theodore Sturgeon. Want something a little more up-to-date? Jennifer R. Donahue's surveillance fatigue has you covered in every sense. From classic space opera to intimate character drama, from heroic alien pets waiting for their families, to herds of literal Einsteins and the benevolent conspiracy they're hatching, Escape Pod has it all at escapepod.org. So buckle up, because it's story time. Hey guys, this is Arjun Gupta from Sci-Fi the Magician. You are listening to Slice of Sci-Fi. And yes, I do recommend that uh, sci-fi fans, mystery fans, check out 
zero contact uh, out May 27th from Lionsgate Films. I can't wait to see the sequels. And I'm hoping, as I mentioned, there are a couple of questions I had. I don't know if it was a continuity thing or if maybe I missed a clue. But the story unfolding the way it did makes me want more. And I can't wait to talk to uh, Rick again (laughs) about the sequels. And as I'd mentioned, this movie or the sequels are already in production and they've become the first feature film to film scenes in Antarctica, which is kind of cool. But how about you? How do you like your near future tech mystery thrillers (laughs) presented to you? Let me know. Give me a call, 602-635-6976, or send me an email, summer at sliceofsci-fi.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at sliceofsci-fi, ask me a question there. Not just about this episode, this interview, or others, I answer a lot of questions. You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. And if you're listening on Apple or Stitcher, consider uh, giving us a review. Help signal boost the show. Let other people find it. Let other people know that maybe they'll enjoy it because you are. I'd like to thank everyone who is currently helping to support our efforts here at Slice of Sci-Fi and Babylon Podcast and Writers After Dark and SliceofSciFi.tv, which I'm rebuilding. Yes, you heard that right. And uh, a few other sites that may be coming along more. Your support helps keep all these sites, all the media, all the websites online for everyone to enjoy. And for that, I am grateful. If you want to add your support, the place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi. Pick a tier, any tier, and you will become eligible for perks. Every month, I pick a winner out of the hat. And that person gets to choose from a book, a DVD, a Blu-ray, or a 4K set. Many of the materials I get for review here, I can't keep them all. And in order to show my gratitude for your support, you get first dibs at the stuff that I can't keep. Honestly, I don't have the space to keep all this stuff. So you guys get first dibs. You can also support through Kofi. That's ko-fi.com slash slice of sci-fi. And direct donations every now and then through PayPal. PayPal.me slash sci-fi summer. Another way you can support is by browsing the curated lists of shows that we here at Slice of Sci-Fi recommend. 
Go to our shop over at sliceofsci-fi.net. Yeah, we're still building the lists, but uh, you'll have selections there from me, from Noah, from Darren, from Lewis, from Claire, and maybe a few other contributors who pop up along the way. But your support really does help keep the lights on around here, and for that, I thank you all sincerely. And that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next week. Take care. Mm-hmm.